Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. Content warning, we do discuss suicide in this episode. So if you are suffering or are triggered by the themes in this episode, please contact Lifeline and their details are on the show notes. With me today is Fiona Jeffries. Fiona's first interior design client was Barbie. (laughs) I love this. And from a young age, she designed elaborate household plans for her, complete with heart-shaped pools and three stories that were barely enough to contain Barbie's big dreams. These days, Fiona still has a role in people's housing dreams. As the founder of DivaWorks, an agency which designs and delivers sales offices for blue chip property clients, including Stockland and Lend Lease, she creates environments that win customers and sell out developments sooner. So since launching DivaWorks in 2001, from her dining table and a $5,000 loan, Fiona and her team have delivered over 1,000 sales offices, which are the ultimate in first impressions. So super impressive, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Julie, I'm just uh, super stoked to be on your podcast and have a chat with you today. I've listened to your podcast for a while. And so, yeah, it's it's so thrilling to be a part of the amazing women you've been speaking with. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks, Fiona. So I'm really keen to get into our chat today because we've got a few things in common. First of all, you know, I always love to start with asking my guests, you know, how do you make it count in your world? Yeah, I've, I really like this question and I've been musing on it enough, a, a lot because, you know, what does even that mean, making it count? And I think it's really around something that, you know, is meaningful to you. And I think for me, the, the things that are meaningful to me at the moment is always relationships, you know, that you have with friends, family, partner, colleagues. But then that question is about, you know, how um, you make it count. I really wish it was a, a set and forget. You know, it's just if I do this one thing, then the relationship's always going to be fine and maintained. But it's not. It's the day-to-day stuff that you need to do. And I was even thinking about this week, my eldest niece was having a project challenge that she was working on with art. And she, you know, reached out to me, Arnie Noni, I just need a hand with this. Can you give me a help? And it's like the worst possible week ever. But it's just like, Miss Kate, my eldest niece, means so much to me. It's just like you just move everything aside. You just make space. I don't know how, but sometimes if you approach time as elastic, it really works. So I think, you know, how do you make it count? You just make the decision that these things are important to you and you have to find a way of making it happen. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Thanks, Fiona. Now, I'd also love to chat to you about now, you have created a highly successful business in a man's world and that being construction. I'd love to know what your secret to success is and um, we'll jump into challenges after this, but like that, that is an incredible achievement. 
I've worked in construction myself. I understand the challenges. And so, yeah. And I love even like your name of Diva Works. Like I love that name and you're, you know, a business of predominantly women. And I believe you've recruited men now too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So is there like a secret to success that I can extract from you for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, again, really wish it was it was deeply sexy and really illuminating. It's going to blow everyone's mind going, oh, my God, I never thought of that. And I think my problem was for so many years I thought there was some sort of secret to success because I started off on my dining table by myself. I went proprietary limited in 2013 and really added to the team and now we've got a team of 13 currently. For all those years I just thought, oh, there's got to be this recipe for success but it's 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 really dull stuff. It's the unsexy stuff of just daily taking action. I think action trumps everything. And I think any time that, you know, you can manifest, you can oil pull for 30 minutes of a morning, God bless those people, but I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know where they are at that time. And all these posts that you see on LinkedIn or Forbes or Inc and give you all these recipes for success. And I think, first of all, you come back to, well, what what is success? I know there's all those fantastic memes that talk about six figures or seven figures or a work from anywhere lifestyle. For me, success is about freedom. I pick the people I want to work with. I pick the projects I want to work on that allow me to work largely at home when not traveling and listen to Nine Inch Nails for the best part of the day or Amel and the Slippers. That in defining success helps. But having that and achieving that success, what I've defined as it, it's really just the dull stuff, taking action every day. If you have a problem, you work through it. There's, there's. When I look back, there's nothing that I've encountered that I haven't found a solution for, or my team haven't found a solution for. It's work and the problems. I think I'd probably describe myself as a forward-looking pessimist, <laughs> in that you work out what's the worst-case scenarios about things not happening, or what are you going to do if this material isn't available, or if the work team get affected by COVID. If you work from that basis and think that's the worst that can happen and then you do a lot of different things around that to make sure that those eventualities either don't happen or you've got a plan for it. So I think by having that outlook rather than relentlessly sunny and then being buffeted by all the challenges that come at you, having that approach where, of course, it was going to go wrong, but that's okay because I've got this plan in place that we can that we can get over this and find it so it's deeply unsexy, just taking action each and every day, even if you don't want to, and marching forward because, you know, sitting back, that's that's probably not my approach. Yeah, I love that. It is unsexy, but it, it's very much in line with what I say to a lot of my clients. It's the simple things done consistently well that will get you the outcome. And there is no silver bullet. There's no golden egg. And like you say, because now with construction, pre-COVID, I'm sure you faced into an enormous amount of challenges. Now post-COVID, there's so many challenges with materials, with workforce, with getting, with recruiting people, like finding the labour. Yeah. And what I'm probably finding most, and that it's really, yeah, and you're right, we're, I'm trying to, rec- I'm, I'm in the process of recruiting at the moment, finding the quality candidates that are right fit for us is certainly a challenge. But I think overall, the biggest challenge I'm seeing out of COVID is that people uh, have been holding on to so much angst, trauma, uncertainty now for, we're coming up to three years because 
thinking back in the Australian experience, we had the fires. We went straight out of the fires into, I think there was one weekend in Sydney, the fire stopped, we had this huge storm, and then we went straight into COVID. Then COVID happened, lockdowns, lockouts, um, working from home, educating kids, not seeing families locked out of Australia. All of these things with the COVID, after that, we got out of, I don't even think we were out of COVID. And then the war happened, and then prices got, and there were floods. And it's just been these cascading major events that none of us seem to have processed. And we're all holding on to so much angst, trauma, uncertainty, disappointment. There's nowhere for it. So I'm seeing with some clients and um, some suppliers, they're having trouble remembering how to be human because they're under so much pressure. They want to transfer it through to someone else. My philosophy has always been within DivaWorks is, yeah, we do sales offices, but really what we do is relieve stress we're now spending a lot of time internally about working out strategies of helping clients just manage their stress loads and giving them either information that is targeted for them that's helpful for their situation and also saying, I acknowledge that you're having, this is, this is a really tough time. Here's what we can do to help. There's even been a couple of incidences re- recently that I'm, I'm walking away from some clients that I've got a, or potential clients that I've got a vibe that they're going to not hold themselves together. They're going to transfer all the stress that they're feeling onto everyone else. So, yeah, I, I think there's just so much that we're all carrying at the moment. I think if we all gave each other just a little bit more bandwidth and a bit more grace to show up every day, I think would help a lot because... Yeah, it's 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 been a lot. <laughs> it has. It has definitely been a lot. There's no one way to lead people anymore. And um there's no home person, there's no work person. We're leading the person now. And you know, I'm a big believer that we're all a leader of self in the first instance. So in any interaction, you don't know what that person is going through on that day or has been through, you're right, we do need to give people a little bit more bandwidth because um, I agree with you, people are very, very quick to react. I find myself doing that sometimes too. I'm like really quick to go, oh, well, that's not good enough. Just like just do your job, just get it done, like just whatever it looks like. But it's like, hang on a sec, I'm just going to stand back a minute some space and think, right, okay, so how can I get the best outcome here? And what I love is that you're taking the stress away from your clients. I mean, as you were talking, I was like, oh, my God, I want you to do that for me. (laughs) It works within a narrow band. I don't know if it works beyond sales offices, but certainly that's that's the philosophy. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's awesome because obviously when people engage your services, they want you to make it easier for them, don't they? I mean, you're the experts. I think that is a fabulous sales strategy there as well to be relieving people's stress and be like oh my god yes I want you that's correct that's right it's it's and it's just a point of difference too you know the construction industry it is high high pressure um tight deadlines you know low margins and everyone knows that uh it's quick to market so with all of those you're only as good as your last job. You're always accountable to those deadlines. So anything that you can do to inject that sense of ease and spaciousness within the whole process and knowing that you've got your clients back, I think is a really positive thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think people can take what you've said and translate that across, you know, numerous businesses, to be honest. So that's fantastic. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. You have built a very successful business and you have worked with lots of blue chips. So you've really built a name for yourself with the big boys. So throughout your whole time, what would you say have been the main challenges that you've faced into? Look, any time that you've been in an industry for a long time, probably the challenge is not getting burnt out by that. As I said, construction, really tight timelines, low margins, lots of pressure. I think probably managing my own mental health through that period and, you know, not having some really good practices in place back around the 2017-2018 period. So I think probably managing myself was one. I think secondly, it's not relying on my team. I've got the most amazing team and, you know, to be able to hand over things and trust that they will be carried out um, to absolute perfection and they are. Growing up in Newcastle, blue-colour working background, hard work was idealised and it was a case of when I had my business and I was bringing people on, it was almost like I had to outwork them. I never wanted them to feel like, I was slacking, slacking off. So yeah, trying to outwork every person that came in was not a smart strategy. And I think the, the challenge is for any owner of a business is to get over yourself and, and probably deal with things that may hold you back or past patterning that is probably not helpful in business. I think having a business is a constant work in therapy and I don't really believe in focusing on your negatives because it's, I see it as like two sides of the same coin. I know I'm type A personality. I'm very much a control freak. I like things the way that I like them. That's good in some ways, but if it tips over into the other side, that absolute fine-tuned control that wants to just control every part of a project, that is not helpful to the overall scene. So, you know, rather than getting rid of all those negative attributes, I just see it as trying to flip anything that might be a negative into a positive so that you're not spending all this energy. Like, I'm never not going to be a control freak. That's just who I am. But if I can turn it into something that is positive in that I'm very focused on deadlines in the control phase, that's better than going, tell me that colour again. What's that going on over there? Why don't I have a report? (laughs) Those less fabulous parts of myself. Yes. I think any entrepreneur, any business owner definitely needs to have an element of control freakiness to them, as I call it. I mean, 
you wouldn't have created a business without it. So it's making sure you've got those processes in place so you can manage that and empower others. So it sounds like you've got that in place. Outworking your team is so common for, you know, entrepreneurs who are growing their business and bringing people on. It's like they just feel like they have to do more. It's like, well, that's not really why you've brought your team on board. It's to it's to delegate. It's to make your life easier as you scale and grow and, and make that possible. How did you overcome that? Was was that a real mindset shift that you had to make? Yeah, I think I, I still do it from time to time. If I could just be a certain forget, I'd be so happy, but it's not. It's continual work. It's continual practice. It's like they tell you on the yoga mat, you know, you've got to show up for your practice. It's just like, yes, I do. So I think it's something that you have to keep working on. And like Yellow, as I said, brilliant team around me who check me on it when I'm slipping too far over into, yeah, trying to do it all. I know I get into that when I feel like things are slipping or it's out of control or just even within the Fiona realm, things are out of balance, that I've let some of my personal practices go, like getting up in the morning and moving my body, just having some quiet time with myself through the day, you know, listening to good music, not being overscheduled. So, yeah, all of the good things and the practices that I do to make sure that I am probably a functional member of society. Oh, my goodness. I love that. All right. Well, we definitely want you to avoid that. So, you know, linking back to your managing self is a really important thing to be doing. And I think that's, again, like such a great lesson for everyone and and just um getting over yourself like yeah for sure a huge thing and I think just you know another challenge outside of perhaps my own personal management within having a business for 20 years is really learning about people you know yes you have a business but every business is about people I don't care even if it's an online business or it's just like you're, you're talking through bots someone is buying your services so therefore You've really got to be, well, first of all, it helps if you like humanity (laughs) or at least the bulk of them or think, you know, most people are doing their best and are good people. But I think just diving into the psychology and a bit like what you said before about really what's going on for someone when you've got that pushback or someone's meeting you initially with aggression, what's going on for them? And I think just really over the years in studying people and learning maybe what's behind the message and responding to that there's just so many different types of people and it's not a, a one size fits all to be able to have clients that are long-standing clients because they know they can um, rely on me and trust that I will do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah, that's been a challenge, but also it's it's been a good thing to keep on meeting that challenge. Mm, amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Fiona. Now, you have recently started to share about a very personal and traumatic time for you. So would you be happy to share some of that with our listeners and what you have learned about that time looking back on it? Most happy to. So 2017, 2018, um, I probably got to the point where I wasn't in a great place. I was overworked, overwhelmed, had a great team behind me, but certainly weren't relying on them as I should. Wasn't really communicating with my friends and family, telling them that I was really struggling. And I think, yeah, it it got to the point where I was just thinking of, yeah, probably not being here anymore. I guess I'm coaching some of these words here because, yeah, there's maybe some trigger warnings that may need to go in. But it really got to a low point. I was in the pit of despair for sure. And 
It's a continual work. You will always be buffeted by things that challenge you. But the thing that I learned out, out of sharing the story was really, ah, holy crap, there are a lot of people out there that have faced similar things because in sharing that story, and even some of my family probably didn't know the, the full extent of it, a lot of other people have talked to me about what they've maybe been through over the years in their own lives. And I think we're a lot more similar than we are different. And it is hard at the time because you think you're the only one who's going through it, that you're the only person who can't figure out how to life. But as you move out of it and you hear other people's stories, it really is a common experience where people can feel very isolated, alone, unsure of themselves, and really not having a good time of being around. It was really illuminating. I, I just thought everyone else had life under control, was doing great. And yeah, that just, that wasn't the case. Thank you for sharing that, Fiona. And I just, you know, I would love to jump through the screen and give you a great big hug right now because, you know, that must have been just an awful time for you because it sounds like you had people around you but you just didn't feel that you could reach out to them and I do think that is quite common but for you to go down that road I mean the depths of despair must have been really confronting looking back it was it feels like a different age it's certainly a different version and I think you know in those early days out of the other side of thinking yeah I don't want to be I don't want to be around, I'm thinking of ending my life. It kind of just really got quiet and silent in that there wasn't all the thought process was there going, well, you know, you've made this decision, so let's just keep on keep on carrying forward. You know, if, if we're going to end our life, let's get all the things in, in place, <laughs> passwords, bank accounts, things like that, practical side, say, type A. But after I made the decision, you know what, let's take it day by day. And if day by day gets too much, let's just take it hour by hour or let's just do one thing. And it just got really quiet and silent and it became a case of survivalism. And in fact, that was probably the best thing to happen for me because when you go into survivalism, it's not really thinking so much, it's it's feeling that you know you need to do things because it means that you need to survive. So there's a self-preservation piece, I think, inside us and being able to tap into that going, yeah, okay, let's get off the lounge and work for an hour. That's all we have to do. And even if we can't do an hour, let's do 10 minutes. And it really is just chunking down time to get to that next period. And it's not even a case of, well, I'll get, I'll feel better tomorrow. It's just move through this next space of time. That was a helpful way for me of thinking about it as I made my climb out of the pit of despair. Wow. Was there anything that, like, that's just so powerful just that one thing it's just I would say it's just chunking it down to that one thing where did that insight come about for you was it did someone say something did you hear something or was it just like you you had that resource inside of you it was just you know when they say you have to hit rock bottom to bounce back up was it like is that where you needed to get that tap into you at that level? Yeah, I think definitely hitting rock bottom helped because you've got nowhere to go. You, you've got two choices. Yeah, you tap out or you start the climb. And there was just enough of me and the self-preservation going, well, we're starting the climb out. Let's do that. But the one thing I'd heard because I've got, I work with Alexander Franzen in writing and she's been 
so helpful in recommending things. And there was a book called The One Thing. It doesn't talk about it, certainly. Um, if you're thinking about suicide, this is what you have to do. It just talks in a broader thing of like there are so many things coming at you every day, but what's the one thing that you can do? I think that that was a bit of a mantra and seeing that book on the bookshelf just helped solidify that. And there was another thing that I think Alexander shared in a writing was the day is not yet over. So if you're having a bad day, if it's all going sideways, it isn't over yet. So maybe there's just even one thing that you can claim out of that day to go, it's a shocker of a day, but maybe I've looked at the sunset. Maybe I've eaten a delicious cookie. Maybe I've got a hug off a friend. Maybe I've patted a dog. Maybe I smiled at someone when I got the coffee. There's just this one thing. And it's then about stringing all those things together so that you're starting to chip away at that frozenness inside you and that belief that perhaps yeah life would be better off for others if I wasn't here in that the contribution I'm making even though it's small and steps are small they are meaningful and I know if I go to bed at the end of the day as hard as it's been I can be happy knowing I've made my bed I've gone for a small walk I've just been upright for a little bit or maybe I've checked in with a friend and told them how I'm feeling yeah I love that Fiona that's so powerful and those the types of things that you would recommend to people who might be feeling you know similar to you in that just that focus on just one thing and generally we will find it Correct. That's it. And look, there's so many different tools available for people that may be feeling they're in the pit of despair. And some things are going to be more meaningful than others. You know, just even reading. I love books and music, even just listening to pieces of music that were inspiring. Um, I really, really recommend Nine Inch Nails for just channeling the energy and the intensity. And also reading other people that might have been through challenging times like Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. He's been really open about his struggles and how he turned to heroin to really deal with some of his demons and you can see a path then you know yes he dealt with that he's probably still dealing with it in a lot of ways but he's still here and I think you need those stories of people saying I had some tough times here's what worked for me maybe there's something in that for you yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing a story and I really I drew on your words uh, when I first heard your story heard your story in that you know, one of the reasons that you're sharing it is because someone might need to hear that in the moment that they hear it and um, it can really change a life. Yeah, I hope it's useful and certainly for some people it just won't resonate and that's okay but I think it's hopefully for the people that do need to hear it, it's it's signal and not noise. Awesome. Thank you, Fiona. And that's such a, a beautiful way to end our chat and I, I really... Thank you for being so open and honest and for sharing your amazing journey with us, which is not over. You still have so much impact to make. So thank you for being part of Making It Count and for making a difference to so many. Oh, thanks so much. I just thank you for having a chat to me today and um, sharing my story with your listeners. I just really admire what you do and who you are. So thank you so much. Thanks, Fiona. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Oh,